Hello and welcome to the Fulhamish podcast. This is a special interview uh, that we've done with Lucas Piazon. Uh, and just to say that if this is your first time listening to the Fulhamish podcast, thank you very much and welcome along. Uh, please do subscribe to us uh, on whatever podcast store you prefer, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Acast, or there's loads of apps out there. And then all our shows, which are twice a week, all about Fulham on the latest games and previewing the upcoming games, will be downloaded straight to your smartphone or tablet. Uh, and if you enjoy the show today, please do give us a rating as well. It helps us to reach out to a wider range of Fulham fans so they can enjoy this show too. But without further ado, here's Lucas Piazon. Hello and welcome to the Fulhamish podcast. My name is Sammy James. We are your independent voice of Fulham FC. Been a little while since we've uploaded a podcast. Apologies for that. Not been too much Fulham to discuss. We thought we'd take a few weeks break. And there's been this small thing called the World Cup and it's coming home. So we've been a bit distracted. But we have a very special episode for you today. Uh, It's myself, Jack and Farrell. And we're at the home of Lucas Piazon. We're delighted to have him on the podcast. Lucas, welcome to Fulhamish. How are you doing? I'm very good. I had a great ending of the season. And well, just been home for four weeks and came back on Monday. So yeah, I feel great. Well, it's a real privilege to uh, have you on the podcast. I know uh, so many fans that listen to us every week who have seen you play for a couple of years down at Craven Cottage will be delighted to to hear your voice. I think uh, let's start off with that question. Um, of Wembley what was it like was it everything you dreamed of and more ah it was special you know it was a beautiful day and uh, we were feeling good to be honest you know in the change room when we got when we got to the stadium the boys were confident and uh, the energy was like high we were like talking to each other we were we were like pushing each other like saying nice words to each other like let's do this come on it's it's time like it's our time we're gonna make it just like play our game, play our football. We're gonna make it. We're gonna make it. We're gonna make it. And yeah, it was it was something else, you know. When the ref blew the whistle, we one man down, and we, for us who were like on the outside, it was oh man, it was, we suffered a little bit like the last twenty minutes. Like but when the when the referee blew the whistle, it was it was fantastic, man. We didn't know what to do. We were just running around and and celebrating. It was it was, it was amazing. Were you dying to get on the pitch? Yes, I was. I was. Uh, I was warming up. Like, yeah, I think I'll. I will get a chance here. Maybe fifteen, ten minutes. You know. But you know, when then, uh, when Dennis got got sent off, I uh, I knew that like my chances were were over, and I would be just another supporter there. You know. But you know, at the end of the day, all all we wanted there was was to win and and to go up. So it didn't really matter who who was playing and who was not. I just wanted to kind of find out what the atmosphere was like the night before, you know, seeing the hotel with everyone and what that kind of, you know, most of us couldn't sleep. So I can't imagine how much more pressure there must have been. But I suppose it's a question in general as well. How do you put yourself in that situation before a big game, but especially at Wembley? What was it like the night before? Is it special? Uh, it was a little bit different because we had single rooms and normally we sh- we're sharing. Yeah. So, but to be honest, no, we, no bromance. No, 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 no. Like, no. But to be honest, at this for this game, oh, I took my PlayStation, and uh, it was the first time of the season that I took my PlayStation. In my room, I could see Wembley from from the window, so I had a nice view. 
and to be honest, we went for dinner, everyone. And uh, after dinner, I went to my room. And I was just playing video game with Rui and Mitro the whole night. <laughs> Did you do that Fulham versus Aston Villa on <laughs> no, FIFA? No, we were playing NBA. We <laughs> just said, no football today. Let's focus on something else. So we were, we were playing like NBA for the whole night. Woke up, breakfast, more NBA, lunch. <laughs> and then Mitro said, no, let's play a little bit more. I said, Mitro, man, we've got a little <laughs> 10 minutes. We can't play anymore. <laughs> they were just like, when, like, he went to his room, Rui went to his room, the shower, and we were ready to go. What words did Slavisa give before the game was it a different pre-match build-up uh, to be honest like during the week we had a lot of meetings and like we were preparing for everything so like normally we have two meetings like during the week like Thursday Friday and play on Saturday but on this week we had like since like Tuesday Monday we were, <laughs> we were having meetings and they were trying to to do their best you know to prepare to prepare us to 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 anything like that Villa could could throw at us, so it was a long week, but like on the day, we just had like a normal a normal meeting like same as always, 15 minutes, f a little bit of uh, set plays always with Stu, and then and then we go for we go for food and then just before we leave we we go we go down again to another meeting with uh, with Slav and. Uh, like 15, 20 minutes, and I think we were ready. I think like during the week we we prepared very well, and and I th I think that that was enough. You talk about there's lots of preparation involved, and um, obviously we didn't play Villa too too long before the Wembley trip, maybe two months or so. In the lead up to the game, you're talking about those meetings. In the lead up to the games, was it purely focused on Aston Villa, or was it just on Fulham's game? Ah, it was on both, to be honest. Like we prepared like for Villa, like what they what what they're gonna bring to us, and of course we were preparing our game as well, like we always do. So it was kind of it was it was more focused on them, but it was also focused focused on us, you know. Like we knew like Wembley was a big pitch and we would have the ball, so we were preparing for this as well. So to 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 play well with the ball, make them run behind the ball, and and to create chances and make them tired. So obviously it was the, the culmination of a brilliant season, but things yeah. didn't go to plan so much to, to begin with, you know, either on a personal or a, or a team level. What do you think the kind of turning point was that what galvanised everyone? Because obviously there was that kind of slip and slide into October and November, um, and, and things just suddenly almost yeah. on a sixpence turned around. And I suppose what kind of was the key moment that, that made that happen? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, like when we finished last season, even though we didn't make it to the playoff final, I think we finished on the high, you know. We were we were playing well yeah. and the expectations for the start of the season were were very high for us. And we started the season and we had like five tough games already, boom. And then first game with Norwich we were winning, draw. I think all those draws in at home in the beginning of the of the season it, it got us a little bit down a little bit. And then we start winning and then start winning a few games in a row. Then we get Mitro, Target, we get all these guys involved as well. And the team gets stronger and stronger. And we were just like winning games. We were going to the games like, we got to win this to make to the playoffs. And go that boom, win. Next game, oh, we got to win this, boom, win. And we, at some point, we were like, wow, we can make something special here. We can, we can keep winning till the end, you know. I think I don't, I don't see a team that can beat us, so... Just like just just keep going, keep going. I think 
I, I can't tell what was the like the turning point or yeah. we just started winning and things were like feeling feeling nice everything everyone was playing well and Cesc was banging goals Mitro was banging <laughs> goals you know and yeah it just happened you know from a personal point of view the season started really well for yourself you played really well in that Wickham game and then there was the Reading game yeah. and then also still my moment of the season <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I went to that game on my I went to that game on my own because everyone else was on holiday and I was like right, fine I'm just gonna go and I was like what a journey completely worth it <laughs> exercise all them demons thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> what is it about Reading that I mean it just seemed to be I don't know, there's this weird rivalry that's built up, but it's just amazing, and we all kind of love watching it from the distance. Ah, you know, it started last season, you know, when, like, when we beat them at home, the first game of, like, the first, like, 5 and yeah, stuff. 5-1. Yeah. It was all right. Like, no, nothing happened. It was just, like, another game. Like, the fans were relaxed. But then when we played that game, the game got, like, the cancel, the game and stuff, uh, yeah, and then yeah. we played again. And I remember when Chrissy missed the pen in the last minute, and I kicked the ball as well. But I didn't kick it to the fans; I kicked it to the, like to the board and stuff. And they was just like they started hammer hammering me, you know, <laughs> Twitter, like everywhere, like booing me and stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. Then we had the playoffs and we lost, and then boom again, like hammered me. And then on that game, when I scored the the, the goal and. And we were one man down, losing the game. I scored the goal and just just gave them something back. And it is what it is. Yeah, that was such a moment for you. And, and Kearney was, was injured. He was struggling. And it seemed like, okay, this is Lucas's time. You, you were going to be the man to fill that void. And then you just got that awful injury against Leeds United. And, I mean, we were gutted on the sidelines for you. So... God knows how much how difficult that must have been for you personally when that happened to be out when things were just looking so great. Yeah, it's true. It wasn't a bad moment to be honest. You know, beginning of the season, like we were all so excited to to the start of the season to to do a good job, like everyone together, like, yeah, we're gonna make it, we're gonna go up and stuff and and start the season. T C got injured, I got injured, Floyd got injured, a lot of injuries and then yeah, it was a it was a tough moment, you know, especially for me because I knew I'd be out for a while, and uh, but you know these things happen, you know. I, I I think I I stayed strong and I worked hard to to get back as soon as possible. And they say that first like six months, I was like, nah, no chance, six months. I'm coming back earlier, you know. And I come I came back just like after five months, so so and I come back at the at the right time, you know. Yeah. When they started winning, I was back, you know. <coughs> No yeah, no coincidences <laughs> no. there. <laughs> no. So you talk about the, the playoff loss to Reading at the end of last season. Obviously, the loan spell mm -hmm. ends. When Fulham came calling again, did you just jump at the chance? Did you think there was unfinished business? Yeah, straight away. Like on my mind, I wanted to to come back. You know, when we when we went out uh, the, the season before, like the Slav already spoke to me. Like, yeah, if you want to stay, I don't know what situation. What does Chelsea want? What do you want and stuff? And uh, and we spoke, and uh, and we and it worked. You know, I came back and I came back straight away when they say like, ah, I want you back. Like even if it's on loan, then I said, yeah, cool, let's do one more year and and let's do this now. And and it went well, I think. It's like, like the end, of the start of another <laughs> yeah. like, relationship. I want you back. Okay, then. <laughs> 
in terms of looking at that going into a new season and these two questions I suppose feed off each other but one of them is as you know you're a player that plays in not numerous positions but can mm-hmm. can sort of fill across that line and wide we've seen you wide we've seen you 10 we've mm-hmm. seen you a bit deeper we've seen you falls nine at times yeah. what are your aims going into a new season in in, in that kind of regard because I suppose your, the different positions have different kinds of ways you look at if you're a striker you're scoring goals and if you're you know mm-hmm. and if you're wide you're assisting and all those kind of things do you look at your aims in terms of performances more than more than kind of figures I suppose and and on that kind of note where's your favorite position to play where do you kind of feel most at home oh well home, like since I came to to England I played a lot like a left wing yeah like I started like 17 18 19 20 I was always left wing and then when I went to Reading, they used me a lot as number 10. Yeah. In Germany as well, I played a lot as number 10. And uh, and then last season, I played a lot as a right wing, you know. So, so like, yeah, I think, like, no, I feel more comfortable on the, on, as a number 10 as, a, as on the left wing because it's my, like, natural position. But, well, last season, I played uh, on the right. And, and to be honest, the way the team plays it's easy for me to play on the right. It's not, it doesn't make it so like yeah. so uncomfortable, you know. I don't feel so uncomfortable on the right side at Fulham. And uh, and I think it was fine. I think at some games, uh, it was hard for me on the right. Like, I didn't know, like, sometimes I wanted to go inside. And, but it's in. like, I had to go outside, you know. But I think, yeah, I had a few uh, few good games on the right side. And and I think, like, where I feel, like, more, more comfortable, of course, is on the left or on number 10. But we don't play as with a number ten, you know. We play with TC and Steph, and they are like both like midfielders. So, so there is not like a second striker or a number ten. So yeah. I don't mind playing on the right now. You know, I've been playing there, even like the season before. I played a few games on the right, and and I think it, the way the team play helps me feel like more comfortable there as well. You know, that right hand side of midfield was really interesting for Fulham yeah. because the team was fairly set, especially towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of had their main position as it was. But the right-hand side was the only one that seemed to change kind of week in, week out. But there felt like a real team unit across the squad. It felt like there was a proper squad and no matter whether you were playing every single minute of every single week, like a Cess or a K-Mac, or you were coming off the bench or playing one every two matches, it still felt like everyone was really united towards the common cause. And, and, And I think the player that, demonstrated me most that was Rui who who every time he came on he really it wasn't a great season for him personally on the pitch but he used to come on and his passion and his energy went and his work rate when Mm -hmm. he did come on the pitch was was excellent so yeah is it the best team spirit is it the best team spirit that you've ever encountered in your career yeah I think especially even though like towards the end you know like we knew Lasses was having a great season and he of course he has to start and then on the other side, you had like me coming back from injury. And you had like Floyd, who had a lot of injuries. Had Kebana, who was a great player as well. So I think the the manager was choosing what, what he was thinking was better for that game, you know. Yeah. And we were like understanding it, you know, like we were buying it. Like we were like, yeah, that's cool. I think we are on final run. It's like three, four months to go. And we want to win. We want to do something nice. So whenever you need me, I'll be ready and I'll give my best. And it, it went for everyone, you know. Of course, we want to play every game. You no, know? everyone wants to play, but it came to a point they were like, "Yeah, that's cool, man. I, I'll I'll be here if you need me." Then the next game, yeah, cool. I'll start. Ah, amazing. Let's go. And uh, I think it just like everyone understood it well, and because we have different uh, characteristics. Like I have my my 
my my my type of game they have their types of games and sometimes the manager was just like i'll start with this but then you come on i'll start with you and then you come on so it was at the end of the day it was it was fine you know you and Rui look like you have a great relationship both yeah. on and off the pitch and i think that obviously came to fruition in that burton game which is a uh, you know oh, obviously yeah. was magic uh-huh. for, for for loads of reasons especially you know catharsis for us yeah, it was my birthday pu- as well and uh, we've been pushing yeah. that agenda for so yeah. long but you obviously both speak portuguese which is like an mm-hmm. obvious trait but you know how much does that extra connection help on an on-pitch scenario ah, it helps a lot you know he's very professional and he's a great teammate like for him the most important thing is the team you know and uh, he was struggling uh, of course it's tough you come from portugal yeah, and you use your first year in england like i struggled as well my first year and uh, and i knew he needed like some to score goals and to feel like more confident and stuff and when the, he scored the two goals, I was buzzing for him as well. Of course, I was happy for myself because I was coming back from injury and I scored a goal. I gave him assist. So I was buzzing for everyone, like for the performance of the team, for him, for me, for my birthday. You know, it was just a fantastic <laughs> day, you know. And uh, yeah, the connection we have between everyone, like we had, this year we had more like foreign players, even though the French boys, me, Rui, Marcelo. And like the connection we have with the English boys were great to be honest. Like we were all so close. We always go somewhere. We always do stuff together. And I think it, it was a great, uh, a great group of players, and we fit well together on and off the pitch. You know. How much do the club try and instill that, or do, you know, does that come down to the manager? Does it come down to the, the you know, the player liaison officer, uh, Mark Maunders, mm-hmm. or is it just down to the people, the players at the club that try and? sort of build that team ethic and build friends oh, I think it's it comes from everyone I think more from the play even more from the players you know uh, of course the manager wants the team to be together and, and he, he, he but he do he, he, he do what he can you know like sometimes it's hard like sometimes you have players with big big ego and uh, it's just hard to to, to make them have a, a, a good relationship and it just happened to to be honest we had some great guys in the team you know some guys that want want everyone like to be comfortable, to be happy, to to enjoy the the routine, you know, to enjoy to be there and uh, and you know it, it was just like we were just matching each other well and it just it was kind of, it was very natural. Now it was not like we were not forcing anything. We were like yeah, let's do this, let's do that, yeah, let's go. You know, during training as well, we always had a good time. Uh, and it just like, but I think it's more uh, in the group because the players are always together, you know. The managers are, are out, is out with us like during the training, but then everyone we come to our change room. He goes to his change room, and uh, and it just has to be like the connection has to be between us, and it just happened to be nice, you know. Go on then, tell us all about the uh, post Wembley celebrations and uh, Vegas and, and all that. Was, it looked like a lot of fun. <laughs> no, it was nice. The day at Wembley was good as well. We all went back to the hotel with uh, with our families. And it was like loads of us and everyone was buzzing. We were watching the Champions League final as well, okay, yeah, yeah. you know. And we had a lovely evening with them. And uh, and it came to like 11, 11 something. We were like, okay, that was just the boys' time, you know. Let's go <laughs> celebrate. And we, the boys, the staff, we all went to, to celebrate and have a lot of fun, you know. We were all like still buzzing so much. And, and it was a nice, a, nice, a, a nice night for all of us. And then after that, we went to LA and Vegas. We stayed three days in, in LA, one day in Vegas. And it was a lot of fun as well, you know. We have a good group of boys, funny guys, man. <laughs> funny, funny guys, you know. 
and uh, we had a great time, you know. He, we were all, you we were all like, we were all like, oh, if we if we go up, we can like have a trip all together. We, we have a great time, and we made it. So we were like, yeah, okay, now we have to go somewhere. We have to go somewhere. <laughs> Where should we go? Where should we go? And then Tony can say, ah, let's go to to LA. I know, I know a lot of people there, and you guys can have a a fun time all together because you deserve it and stuff. And we're like, yeah, fine, let's go, let's do it. And yeah, it was amazing. Man. It was a lot of fun. It was a great start to the holidays. So it was a last minute decision to go and do that. It wasn't something that was planned beforehand. Uh, it was planned like before, like if we go automatic, like in the in the beginning of the of the month, we all go to this place. We had this in mind. But when it came to the player final, we were like, mm, it's like we lost three weeks of holiday. We don't know, like people had holidays booked. Kev had holidays booked. I had holidays booked. But then when we won, Kev came to me and said like, ah, listen, uh, we have to do something, you know. It's a big thing. Like we deserve to have a time for, with, with each other, you know. We don't know what's going to happen next season. So let's have something all together. And I was like, okay, Kev, man, let's go then. <laughs> I canceled my holidays, he canceled his, and we all went. You can't turn down Kev McDonald. <laughs> oh, no, I can't. I can't say no to the man. Who did you roommate with across the season? Was it, is, Does it rotate or yeah. is, do you stick with people? No, last, last year I was with, always with Kebano. And this year I was with Kebano. But then, because Rui was sometimes with Marcelo. But then okay. when Marcelo was not there, they used to put Kebano with uh, Abu or Floyd. And then I, I, I used to go with Rui. It didn't end no. up on one of Niska's uh, diaries that he did at the start <laughs> of the season. No, he was snoring and I said, Mondo's, nah, I can't do this no more, man. <laughs> I have to fall asleep before him, otherwise, man, I can't sleep. What's it like <laughs> um, being under Slav? Like, what is training like under him? I mean, he seems like a man that doesn't suffer fools gladly, but also probably has a deep loyalty for his players as well. But does he, like, really work you... Uh, hard or is it very tactical what's his approach to training in day in day out ah it's nice the training is good man it's always like about the ball about the way of the way the way we want to play you know so he always wants us to be with the ball and and play possession game and and create chances and be offensive you know and when we don't have the ball we press and like as soon as we lost the ball we have to press so we worked a lot on this like we were doing possession, like the team who loses the ball has to press immediately. He, that's like his main focus, you know. And the build-up as well. We worked a lot on the build-up, like with the with the centre-backs, Team Ring, Dennis, Carlos, Marcelo, everyone. Like the way we want to play, the way we want to start the game, the, one we, the way we want to start with the ball. So we, the main focus were, was on this on these two things, you know, our way of playing and whenever we lose the ball, like to get try to get the ball back straight away. How much do does the team prepare for for situations like the team goes down to ten men, for example? Is there a situation where you do match situations where it's ten v eleven, for example? Uh, rarely, like sometimes, you know, but you never like goes to the game and think like, okay, this today we're gonna have a man down. Like we just try to stay like eleven against eleven, you know. So so we don't prepare for situations like that. But but it happened no at Wembley and it was oh man it was tough you know? <laughs> but but like we knew like maybe it was even better because like we stick all together and then we fought for our lives and and to be honest we suffered because we were like we didn't want to concede and so for us who were outside I think we suffered way more than for the boys who were in the pitch you know because they were defending well to be honest like they were yeah they were not like oh my god they're gonna score i never felt like honestly too that they would they would score against us so 
Although yeah. when Snodgrass lined up that free kick, I was oh, like, oh, goodness. Here we yeah, go. you know, like every, every every small thing would be a big thing for yeah, us yeah, who are yeah. on the outside, you know. <laughs> Have you watched it back? No, not yet. I haven't. Just like the highlights, like the videos that the, everyone made. But like the full game, no, I haven't. I haven't. It's worth a go. Yeah? <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. <laughs> I've got a couple. <laughs> We talked about your, your first injury against Enns Leeds and obviously that was a, an injury that you couldn't you know play on as mm-hmm. such, but you suffered a broken jaw against Cardiff. Mm-hmm. How does that kind of injury where, you know, it's obviously something you can play with, but it's in the back of your mind, how does it affect players mentally and how do those kind of things stress out in, in general again in, in the wider course of a game? When I had the, the jaw injury, I remember my first game back was Derby away. And like, it was a bit weird in the beginning, you know, of course I was a little bit scared, you know, it was not even six weeks. And I was like, okay, man, I have to, but it just came to a point, I was like, man, you know, it is what it is, I'll go for it. And if it breaks again, it breaks again, whatever. <laughs> and then I just started getting confidence on this game. Like the first half an hour, I was like, mm, I maybe I shouldn't like jump here. Maybe the guy might hit me in the face. But then... Like, it was a tough game. We were, like, fighting and stuff. I said, like, ah, whatever, man. I'll, I'll just go for it. And then after this, I was I was kind of okay, you know. Like, you just don't have to think about it too much, you know. Just, just, because I went to the doctor. The doctor said, like, he's just going to broke again if you get a very strong hit, the same hit you had. So I was like, ah, okay. So if someone, like, knocks me, nothing's going to happen. But then at, like, remember the game at Norwich when Floyd scored? TC grabbed me. Like this, <laughs> unlock, and I was like, "T man," I felt a little bit of pain there, but, but like it was just a little bit, and then he, he went away after. But yeah, I was the first the first game back. I was a little bit like a little bit scared, but then after, I was like, "Now nah, you know, and you want to know what? Just just go for it, and still still fine." You developed a real relationship with the fan base. It felt like. I mean. You were there for two seasons, but many Fulham players have been there on loan for two seasons and not quite generated the fondness that you have with the fans. And we saw you at Griffin Park when you went to watch uh, Brentford v Fulham and the amount of people coming up to you uh, wanting photos and wanting autographs was was quite was was, was it was high even for a player. I just thought that the level okay. of interest. What do you think is it between you and the Fulham fans, that connection that you've made why is it so special? Uh, I don't know. Like many people talk about like the, the passion I have during the games and like that I really want everyone to do well and for us to win and be successful. And I think it's, it's, it's more like this. Like we had like great games, like not last season, but the season before where we were fighting for the playoffs and like where we were giving everything and just like trying to, to reach the top, you know, and, and, and do well. So it, I think it started over there. Like started two seasons ago, not like last season. And uh, and since then, I just when I'm playing, I just try to give it all. And, and like even off the ball, I try to to work hard to, for the team and 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 just try to win games. You know, we are there to win and to do whatever it takes. So and I have a good relationship, I think, with with the fans. You know and. I like the fans, you know, they are always there. They have been always nice to me as well in the beginning. And 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 I think it's nice to, it's better to be like that, of course, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's good, man. I feel, I feel good. I feel good at the cottage as well. So it's good to play there, you know, behind behind the fans. It's a special, it's a special place for me. Is it your favorite stadium? 
Def- definitely. I loved playing there. <laughs> and in terms of, yeah, I suppose, that following on from that, there's a, you know, there's a real feel from, from the very moment you stepped foot in the cottage that you were very much like at ease with the club's values. And we've always kind of, I suppose, valued those kind of players that, that work hard, but also have a kind of sense of magic about them. And, and there always has been that kind of style about your play. And I don't know it, it, whether it was something that just felt natural when, when you joined the club, but for, for, for us and the fans, it, it did seem like you just slotted seamlessly in and, and it was almost like you'd been there forever from day one. Yeah, it's good. I'm happy to hear that, you know. To be honest, when I first came, I came on the last day of the window. And to be honest, I was the, at that point, I was the last option for Slav. You know, they had so many wingers. And then I was like, man, I, I just need to give everything here. Otherwise, I will never play, you know. And then I had the contract till January, six months contract. You know, the long was short one. And then, and then, like I said, I have to, I have to give it all, like in training and games. So I was just, I was just doing this. And uh, I remember where it all started for me was, was when I scored against Brighton, and we we lost the game. But then everyone on Twitter was saying like, like, wow, I like your passion and stuff and blah blah blah. I think and it started. For me, it felt like this, this, this great relationship started there, you know, but. So it is what it is. And then after that, they, they renew my contract till the end of the season and then another season. So I was like, yeah, man, now this is my home, you know. I will do everything for them. So you've played now in five different countries. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and have you had a similar relationship with, with, um, with uh, fans of those, those clubs, Vitesse and Frankfurt uh, amongst them? Um, you know, you five different countries you must be really good at learning languages for a start <laughs> I, I never played like first team in Brazil no so like didn't have much of a connection with the fans there and uh, in Holland to be honest I had a, had a great connection as well because I was doing well so they were like yeah 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 you're a nice guy <laughs> but yeah but like in Germany it was it was not the same not even close the connection I had today with the fans of Fulham and uh, yeah, man, to be honest, you just build like love for the players, you know, for your teammates, for the club, for the stadium, for everything. You know, you just start like feeling like home and and uh, to be honest, still feel so. It's good, man. It's, 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 it's something that like you don't force it as well. Like it just, it just happens, you know, it's, it's supernatural, you know. In terms of those, you know, places and, and how, you know, you've played in lots of different teams under lots of different managers now, do you think that's, you know but it helped to improve your kind of game and you know learning I suppose some people play in one system in one league for their entire careers yeah. and and they learn that league you know really well but you've managed to you know learn in a lot of different places a lot of different styles and you know stylistically like the Bundesliga mm-hmm. is completely different yeah. from from the championship for example and and I suppose just playing in all those places help to kind of mold you as a player and find out what things you like and what things you don't yeah, to be honest, like I went from Brazil to England to Spain to Germany. So every time I was like, okay, what do I have to do now to play? How do you, how do you want me to play? Like, so I was always saying like, I need to stay at least like two years in a league or even more, like I think to perform what I can, you know. And uh, like my first few months in Germany was so tough because I, I was coming from Holland, which is completely different yeah. game, you know. So it took me a few time to like, to start like no, oh, I have to play like this, I have to do this, I have to do that. And when I came to England, it was the same. Like I wasn't ready and I didn't know what was coming, you know. You come to the championship as well from Germany, it's quite similar, but here it's like so more physical, like 
the game is more in the air than in the floor so i was like okay so okay let's let's stay here one more season and see like if i understand what i have to do to to play and i think the season i had uh, with full on the first one i knew what I, was, what i had to do i knew i had to work hard to play you know otherwise you just they just eat you so so you just like kind of understand what you have to do and it, it takes time you know so i was like jumping from league to league so ah okay now i know how to play ah but you're going to another league now so it was like okay man that's complicated you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> but, you know yeah but yeah I, i learned a few bits from each league and uh, you just gotta understand how to play the league you know it's it's all about the league you know and and the team as well if you understand how the team plays and how the league plays you you perform well So you've been a part of Chelsea now um, and they've been your parent club for a number of years. You've mm -hmm. played for all those clubs that you just mentioned uh, and their loan system is famous around the world really for having so yeah. many different yeah. players at so many different clubs. What is it like being a part of that system? Um, you know, it's very tough to get into the first team at Chelsea, um, but many players have gone on from Chelsea to play for really, really great clubs. So what's it been like firsthand uh, being part of that entire kind of jungle of loans? To be honest, I think that now the system is working better. I think they are, they, the club is, uh, is more prepared as well to work with the loan players. When I went to Malaga, which was my first loan, yeah. they didn't have like much loan players at that point. So it was me and maybe what five more and stuff. So they didn't have this like all this this attention that they give now, all this all the support they give to us now, you know. And uh, and I think that now it's working, and you can see like people are going alone and going to like good clubs. They're like they're signing players. The players are doing like better on their loans, you know. Of course, you have like 30 players on loan. Not everyone will do well, you know. But I think the numbers of people doing well now, now is is bigger because of that. You know, they 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 have they are doing like great support. They are they are contacting us all the time. Like we need to do this, we need to improve this, we need to improve that. So so they are helping us more now to to do well on loan as well. So I think the system is working better now. Can you you're saying that there are 30 players on currently on loan at Chelsea, and now they're all back from for preseason training. Is it almost like a school reunion when you come back every every year? <laughs> you haven't seen these people in such yeah, a long true, time. Man. Yeah, uh, it's true. You know, sometimes we come back to preseason like we were buzzing, like ah, we're gonna see the boys and stuff. You know, and and uh, but like most of my, two of my best friends are not here this time. One of them left already, and uh, another one is going alone already. And uh, and now Carlos is with me as well, and. Uh, But yeah, we we feel like that 100%. Like we used to stay in a hotel next to Coburn and like it was like 15 of us. So we would like go to training and then we go back like, okay, let's go have dinner. And then we go for dinner at eight o'clock, stay till like 11, chatting and, and having a good time. So pre-season there is not, it's not the worst, you know. There's obviously um, a lot more Brazilians at Chelsea than there are at Fulham. In fact, you have the historical privilege of being the first ever Brazilian and something you hold forever. So there you are. Yeah, You're in the Fulham good. history books forever now, yeah. Lucas. But, um, well, you know, do you still see, to keep in touch with those, uh, the Brazilian Chelsea players when you're at, well, I suppose not even just at Chelsea, but across London when, when you're at Fulham and, and do you still see them and uh, kind of catch up? Yeah, we used to be like more closer like a few years back because we used to live more like together. Now everyone lives far away. Like Davi lives in Richmond, which is nah man, 20 minutes, 25 minutes from here. <laughs> yeah, that's not far yeah, away. Yeah. <laughs> that's like round the yeah. corner of London. 
But yeah, but before you used to live all here, like you used to live in Pony Bridge, Oscar used to live here in next to Craven Cottage, Hamir's used to live there as well, so we were like more more close to each other. And Diego as well was a nice guy, but he used to live like in Cobham, so I would see him very rarely, <laughs> even though he's a fantastic guy. But yeah, like we have we always like we still have the the connection between us. But before we were we were more like close to each other. Even uh, Oscar is coming here tonight. He's here in London and he's coming here yeah. to see me. And but well, well, like when I was there, we were really, really close. Me, David, Oscar, Ramirez. We was we were the the four who were there, and we were really close. Like we still talk and each, and see each other sometimes, but not like with the same with the same same frequency. You know? So, what do you do with your spare time? What's life like in London for you? You know, you don't. I quite a lot of players. You imagine they live out in mansions outside of the city, but you're here kind of in West London, very much in the heart of of town. So what do you like to do when you're not training or playing or preparing for the next match? What's What kind of activities do you get up to? To be honest, I'm a very local guy. It takes me a hard work to take me to like Oxford, like Soho. So every time I go out, I go out here in King's Road for food. I have the cinema here in Fulham, you brother. Richmond I have the park here. <laughs> and Richmond's nice. I like Richmond. <laughs> And uh, I like Kingston as well because I live there. And uh, this is the place I go more, you know. And I want to go for dinner, man. I don't want to go all the way to Central. So I might go here, Kings Road, Fulham Road, even like Putney and stuff. So, so I'm very local. So I just keep my friends very close as well. They're always here. We're always doing something here at home or we're going for dinner. And after the game, we all come here as well. We chill here. And yeah, just keep family and friends close and... When we want to do like lunch somewhere else or dinner and just stay local as well, you know. It's, it's hard work to take me to, to Soho and stuff. <laughs> Even like to the city, oof, no, it's too far for me. That's why we came to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, I mean, keeping you busy must have been uh, watching the World Cup recently. Yes. Um, Brazil still in it um, with a very good chance. It could be a Brazil-England final. That would be nice. Um, <laughs> do, you rate, do you rate Brazil? Is this, is this uh, another... Another year for them? The sexta. <laughs> yeah, I think so, you know, because uh, the defense is very strong. They're not playing, like, brilliant, but, like, they're not suffering as well to win games. Like, they're scoring two goals and not conceding. I think the last three games they won 2 nil. Just the first game they concede, they only concede one goal. So I think they'll have a good chance. I think ne next game is key. But after Japan, I don't believe in Belgium anymore. Like I was like, oh my god, I think they will come strong and they they might win against Brazil. But then after the game against Japan, I was like, mm, I think Brazil has a better chance now, you know. So let's see. But it's like the World Cup, you know, anything can happen. You know, it's, especially in this one. Yeah, it's one game, 90 minutes. Like anything can happen, you know. So, but I think it has a good chance to be England and and Brazil in the final. You know, let's hope. Did you have mixed feelings watching Serbia against Brazil? Watching Mitro try and score? Yeah, I was, I was I, like, when it was 2 I was like, okay, Mitro, it's your time now. Come on, man, get a go. Get a go for us. Come on. You had a few chances, yeah, well, you did, know? Yeah, did, yeah. I like it because... They I played well, to be honest. The beginning of the second half, I was like, hmm, I think they're going to draw the game here. And he had two good chances, and then in the corner, Brazil finished it off. But it's good because he's lowering the transfer value. Yeah. He, knows, he knows where he wants to come back to. And he's uh, true, he was like, I know if I score two yeah. goals against Brazil, it's going to double. So. But I was like, I was saying, like, I was in, uh, I was with my, my mom's family in the south, 
And we were watching the game all together. And like every time he was in TV, I was like, yeah, this guy plays with me, you know. This guy plays with me. I was like, oh my, everyone, like, hey, this guy plays with me. I think all the Fulham fans have come. We were, I was watching the Costa Rica, yeah, the Switzerland Serbia game. And as he scored, I like found myself oh, off course, my chair. Yeah, like, too, and like, everyone was like, yes. are you Serbian? I was like, basically, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. What was it like when he signed? Because it was such a statement of intent. He's a real, real class act and a player that I think many fans believed was a Premier League player, not a yeah. not a championship player. So what yeah, was, I was it? Surprised what was it like on February the first when you when you woke up and saw okay, yeah, it signed? was a late signing, no? Yeah, I think really maybe late. it was like it was like they were talking about all the strikers and then I think I opened Twitter and I see like Mitrovic coming to full I was like, whoa <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That's it's good nice, to you know informed about Is that, that. How, <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you like, find wow. out? Yeah, I was like Whoa, 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 what's happening here? And then I Thank see... Thank God it's not, not uh, another right winger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, that's interesting, you know? And he just bang goes for fun also. And it yeah. seemed like Abubakar like really learnt off Mitro. Whilst you just thought he'd be upset because here's someone that is maybe going to take my place. It seemed like they developed a real relationship. Yeah, because like when he... When he signed, like Abu was scoring goals and Rui was scoring goals. Yeah. So we were like, okay, who's going to play now? And then, like, even like even before he started starting, Rui was playing as well, no? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, and then of course, Mitro had the chance against Villa, no? It was his first start. Yeah. And then after that, he just started scoring, scoring, and then he has to start every game. So uh, it was great for us, no? That was it a brilliant was interview with, with Rui. The saying that he basically was like, I came in and I just loved playing with him and I've loved like playing off him and learning from him. It was a just, no, he's a great as a guy, fan. to be honest. He's a, good, as he's a, a character. He's a fantastic guy what you want to hear as yeah. a fan that your strikers yeah. are you know uh, together and a yeah, union right? and and, yeah. and i think we saw so much of that towards the end of the season where people yeah. were bringing each other on oh no, yeah, yeah. we through. were like always like even like the last two months we were just like we were there for each other we were like for us whoever plays plays you know it's the most important thing now is for us to win and go up you know so it is what it is we were there for each other it was nice to it was nice to be part of it so what was life like growing up in Sao Paulo? Is, is it true that you played futsal before yeah. that you actually then went yeah. to play 11 aside quite late? Yeah, I started playing like 11 aside when I was like 12 or 13. Wow. Before that, we all, to be honest, in Brazil, we all started in futsal. Yeah. Because in the, in the schools, like we don't have like big, big pitch, you know, so, so we start all playing futsal five against five and it's so much fun it's nice <laughs> yeah that's my yeah. issue i should have started yeah. playing futsal <laughs> <laughs> no like i don't i don't know one player i think that started like playing like 11 against 11 coming from brazil like we all started in the in, in futsal so it's nice man it was enjoyable like i started playing like competition it was like nine played until like 12 and then when i was 12 i started mixing like i was doing both i was playing futsal and uh, and 11 aside and people are like ah you think it's gonna be good for you i was like i don't know man i'm a kid you know i just i'm just having fun yeah as playing as well i can get and then yeah exactly <laughs> well, it doesn't matter where you know yeah, so yeah. but then when i was 13 i went to a club which was like training every day like 11 aside so i, I had to quit futsal when i was 13 but i started when i was like eight do you think that that kind of you know, you said you said earlier about the fact that when you came back to the championship, there's a lot of ball in the air, a lot yeah. of physical contact. Do you, it was part of the kind of you know reason that it was so easy to fit into Slav's system that he likes to keep the yeah. ball on the deck, that he yeah. likes to play that kind of Latin American style, which is far more like, you know, very much ball deck focused and, and yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, 
When I came to Fulham, I, I saw a coach that wants to play football and wants to have the ball on the floor. For me, it was like fantastic. I was like, oh, that's good, man. That's that's my game, you know. Yeah. I don't want to be jumping with these guys because they are t double my size. So for me, it was I was I was like I didn't know about it, you know. I just came last day. I didn't know. I knew that Fulham was doing well. They started well that season. I was like, okay, it's gonna be very tough to come into this team, but okay, let's give it a try. And when I see that he was a, a manager that wanted to play. I was like, okay, that's good for me. I think I have a chance now. How much do you know about the teams before they, you know, Chelsea send you to a, to a loan club? Do okay. they, do they give you a choice, or is it more his yeah. club that, that yeah. wants you? Yeah, you have a choice. You have a choice. They first come to you and ask, oh, you have this option. Do you want to go or you want to wait and stuff? So, like, but but at this point, I couldn't say no. I could have turned out like, oh, he came this, he came full. I said, okay, I'm going straight away. It's the last day, otherwise I'd be in Chelsea training alone. So like, yeah, man, I'll go, I'll go. Like, he came like, it was like midday. I was coming back from training. I was like, man, what's going to happen? And then then my dad, even my, my dad called and was like, listen, uh, agents call, like, there's this uh, opportunity at Fulham, just six months contract. I was like, I'll go, man. I'll grab that and, and try to do the best of it, you know. What did it help that obviously that it's you didn't have to move or it's very much yeah. <laughs> yeah it was yeah it was like Portugal and it was something Portugal at the time and I was like I was getting ready to move and then they came like oh Fulham and I was like really Fulham you're kidding me no <laughs> I was like yeah Fulham and I was like okay cool I, I yeah. stayed in my house training grounds even closer yeah. stadium yeah. is here so I was like wow I couldn't ask for a better move. What does the future hold for you? You know, what are your ambitions in football? Um, would you like to stay at Chelsea and fight for your place? Do you see yourself uh, needing to go on loan again this season? You know, what do you think the future holds? Qatar 2022, is that in the uh, in the pipeline and all that? Uh, to be honest with you, this is like my seventh season as a professional footballer and this is and I've always been alone loan. I stayed with Chelsea for half a year, then I started moving alone. So we always want like a permanent move, you know, like to be somewhere that, okay, this is my place and and this is my team, this is my club, this is my teammates and uh, and we f we'll fight here to, to play and, and to be successful, you know. So it's a tough, it's always a tough position now. I'm here, I'm, I'm training with the loan group, with everyone. And uh, to be in Chelsea first team is very difficult. So, you know, it's always, you always have to, to take diff uh, difficult decisions. But, you know, a permanent move, it would be, I think for now in my career, would be the best thing. And, uh, and if, if Chelsea want me to stay there, it's, it's, it's complicated as well, because it's hard, it would be almost impossible to play. So for me, I think the best thing would be to, to get a permanent deal to, to some other club. So you might have been here long enough that you might get English citizenship and then you can play for England instead. <laughs> <laughs> I can have one already, you know. I've been here seven years. Yeah. You know? uh, I think my, even my mom's getting one now. <laughs> yeah. Talking of that, your parents moved to England, right, with, which did that help massively with the transitions and that kind of whole... Yeah, I came, I, came, uh, I came a little bit earlier. I came when I was 17, and then when I was 18 and, and, and a bit, they all came. They, they finished everything in Brazil. My sister came as well. She was really young, and uh, for her, it was tough in the beginning to be away from the friends, from the family, but, but now she's a grown woman, and for her, she, she likes it here as well. 
but yeah it was it helped a lot to be honest like i was really really young and i was living i was living like apart from from my parents since i was 14 and this was a good uh, a good opportunity to bring the family all back together so we didn't think twice you know any and it was good it was so good that they're still here you know yeah <laughs> I mean, I felt like I developed a bit of a bond with your dad via text as well, trying to organise this interview. So I like to think me and uh, Antonio uh, are pretty much mates now. And of course, like if that call came that uh, Fulham wanted to keep you next season, I presume you'd be very open to to speaking to them and and maybe trying to achieve some survival in the Premier League. Yes, of course. You know, like I always say, I have been there two years. Uh, all my friends are there. I know the manager. I know the club. It's a club that I that I love to play for. So, uh, like I said last year, you know, I wouldn't mind going back. Oh, so there we are. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> As a point of information, I like this. About I'm a bit of a squad number three. Did mm-hmm. you pick twenty? And if so, why? And is that your is that your number? Uh, no. It was just last day of the window. Every <laughs> every number was but taken. Do you, do you have I'm a number? Like, Man, give me twenty. It's fine. Like I don't add. <laughs> Like, the squad a... size at the time I'm surprised the low number was still a lowish <laughs> number was still available uh, I wasn't like I don't have like a, my like n- lucky number and stuff like everywhere I went it was like different numbers to be honest but this last season when I came back Marcelo had Jalo uh, had number 20 Sorry. and I was like ah oh, man I don't want to change my number you know I was 20 last season so I want 20 back and he said lah you want 20 back? That's fine, man. I, I can give you. I was like, really? I was like, yeah, you can have it. I was like, okay, that's cool. That's good. <laughs> now it's a thing. Yeah. Now, now it's 20. It. <laughs> if I go back, I want 20 again. <laughs> and you've been friends ever since. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stops all those kids who've got Piazza on 20 <laughs> on the back that they don't have to change the number. Yeah, again. exactly. Like, imagine going back now and changing numbers. It would be bad. I think I would feel bad. And Fulham in the Premier League next season. Um, we've not had any new signings yet, but of course with the yeah, World Cup, it was always going to yeah, yeah. take a bit of time uh, for that to happen. Do you believe that even if it was mostly the current crop of players that they could uh, compete in the Premier League? I think they can, personally. Yeah, I think so too. I think they have a good chance of staying up. And I think they have a very good chance of not even suffering to stay up. Yeah. Do you think that Slav will change the style of play at all or do you think you'll really focus on that possession football oh, that's that... a good question you know i think for most of the games he won't change his style especially at home you'd exactly yeah. especially at home you know even like away at at some grounds he doesn't need to change in my opinion like he can the boys the boys have been playing on that style two years so they know what to do and uh of course, there will be like way, way tougher games. And at some point, we will have to defend like everyone back. But I think for most of the games, we, we the team doesn't need to change the, the style, no? The style is successful, so just keep going. Very successful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just really excited about going to the Etihad and going toe to toe with that opposition. Imagine that. I fully don't believe it. 50-50 possession. Slav isn't going to change, right? Kevin De Bruyne has only had 10 touches this whole game. (laughs) (laughs) Quick fire questions kind of thing. Apart from the cottage, and let's take it away from it. Where are your favourite grounds you've played at in, you know, well, one in in the UK and two abroad? uh, And the toughest crowds you've played in? Of, I suppose, the toughest crowd yeah. Borussia Dortmund 100% played oh, wow. twice there it's 
It's mad. The wall, the wall is as, as scary the as it sounds. Scary and it's I, loud. It's I, very loud. I stood in the wall earlier for <laughs> last very, season. It's, it's, it's very it's loud. It's madness. There's more. There's more people. Yeah, in there than there loud, are in the entirety man. of Craven Cottage. Like, at some point, you look at each other and it's like people are shouting at you, but you just see the mouth moving. Yeah. You know, you can't hear anything. What was your favorite moment for Fulham, aside from maybe the obvious one, which is probably like the playoff final? Like, what game yeah. stands out apart from yeah that one? from last season of course Reading no <laughs> it was a great moment and of course Burton game as well was was special and uh, the semi-final of playoffs was nice as well when Dennis scored man was was good as well and of course favorite is Wembley can yeah of course it's an easy it's an easy pick that one was was your the Reading one your favorite goal but I'm, I'm guessing oh yeah definitely yeah, yeah. which <coughs> definitely. one do you think is your best goal then my best goal uh, Nottingham Forest at home Thing it was goal yes. of, goal of, oh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a robbed nice goal, goal of the season. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, it was was a nice it the, the 52 yeah, like, passes or something, wasn't it? I oh, know this was. No, 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 that's a different one. That was a different one. That was the Bristol City away. That was the little drop of the shoulder. I like that one. Yeah, it was a great goal. You like scoring goals against Nottingham Forest. Yeah, I scored this season, last yeah. season again as well, no? <laughs> at the cottage as well, right? Yeah. I imagine the. Uh, and my first, like my first game in, in the league was against Nottingham Forest as well away. Oh, okay. It was a one-one, I think. Yeah, one-one. Yeah, it was my first game in the league for Fulham. God, that seems like an absolute lifetime ago. Yeah, yeah, no? yeah. it was long, but it was there. Yeah, it was against Forest away. Well, Lucas, thank you so much for chatting to us today. Yeah, no uh, worries, it's man. been no a pleasure. real honour for us to uh, get some insight for, from you. And yeah, obviously with, with such a happy ending yeah. uh, to last season, I think that um, it just makes it so much nicer to hear from you directly. So uh, No, nah, it was great. We had fun. It was nice. Yeah. It was a Lucas, great chat. Great chat. Thank you very much. Football's no coming home and we'd like you to come. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you. <laughs> me too. Me too. Well, thank you so much for listening today. Being a brilliant episode. Thank you for Jack and to Farrell as well for joining me today here at Lucas Piazon's house. And yeah, Fulhamish will be back in the next couple of weeks. We've hopefully got a few more summer interviews lined up. And then, of course... Our pre-season podcasts will commence. The countdown to kickoff is not that far away as the season in the Premier League awaits us. So thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the rest of the World Cup and it's coming home. ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. This spooky season, have a listen to Let's Talk About Myths, baby! A podcast about Greek mythology that tells it honestly and often with a lot of gore, at least when it comes to these spooky season episodes. Every week in October, I have released a new episode with various levels of spooky in Greek mythology. There are ancient stories of haunted houses, ghosts, werewolves, general tragedy, and even a very bloody tree. Greek mythology has a little something for everyone, especially when it comes to spooky season. So listen to Let's Talk About Myths, baby, every week, wherever you get your podcasts. A cash recommends. recommends.